Hello, friends. It's November 26th, and it's a joy to be with you reading the Bible together on this year's 330th episode of the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. I'm David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I'm happy to be your reading tour guide as we press on in reading daily portions of the One Year Bible. The One Year Bible is simply the Bible organized so that you can read the entirety in one year, each day reading from both the Old and New Testaments, as well as taking time to meditate upon the Psalms and draw practical wisdom from the book of Proverbs. There are 27 books in the New Testament, and we are in the 27th book of the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, the last of the section called the Major Prophets, with 12 more prophets to go from the section of smaller books called the Minor Prophets. Today we will conclude the first epistle of the Apostle Peter and start his second letter tomorrow. So be encouraged. We're making progress, and most importantly, we trust that our hearts are becoming softened rather than hardened with a new, fresh receptivity to God's Word. And we are being motivated to serve Him with joy and have our minds renewed to see all of life from divine viewpoint. Let's begin where we left off yesterday in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verse 24. You may remember that Daniel was the only one among the Magi in Babylon given the impossible task of not only interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's secret dream, but knowing what it was. Daniel's confidence was in the Lord, and he asked his friends to pray that the Lord would give him the interpretation. So let's pick up the story in Daniel chapter 2, verse 24, and I will be reading from the English Standard Version. Therefore Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus to him, I have found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed, came thoughts of what would be after this, and he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be made known to the king, and that you may know the thoughts of your mind. Daniel interprets the dream. You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, 
a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay, and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold, all together were broken in pieces, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, and the might, and the glory, and into whose hand he has given, wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all, you are the head of gold. Another kingdom, inferior to you, shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom, but some of the firmness of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation sure. Daniel is promoted. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel, and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings, and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. Chapter 3 Nebuchadnezzar's Golden Image King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was sixty cubits and its breadth six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, the fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever! You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command, and yielded up their bodies, rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree, any people, nation, or language, that speaks anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other god who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And this concludes today's reading from the Old Testament from the book of Daniel. Let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. Daniel must act on the revelation he has been given. He goes to Arioch and intercedes for the lives of the other wise men who are condemned to death for failing to provide insight on the king's dream. He announces that he has revelational knowledge of the dream and its interpretation. Arioch then goes to the king and takes credit for finding the man with the knowledge of the king's dream and its interpretation. However, Daniel is careful to give God the glory for making the dream known to him, saying, There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. Daniel delivers the precise content of the dream and its interpretation with holy boldness. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Daniel chapter 2, verse 45. Daniel tells of the king's dream. The king dreamed of a great image with a head of gold, a chest and arms of silver, a middle and thighs of bronze, with legs of iron and feet mixed with iron and clay. The image, Daniel says, represents the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of Babylon, gold, to be succeeded by the kingdom of Medea and Persia, silver, to be succeeded by the Greeks, bronze, and then the Romans, a mixture of iron and clay, a kingdom that will not hold together. A stone, not cut out of human hands, strikes the image, smashing the feet, causing the entire image to be broken to pieces. The pieces are blown away by the wind, never to be found again. 
The stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the earth, in Daniel chapter 2, verses 31 through 35, representing the fifth kingdom, the kingdom of God. This image represents what Jesus referred to as the time of the Gentiles. Luke chapter 21, verse 24. During this time, there will be four successive kingdoms. A fifth kingdom will destroy the first four and cover the earth with the knowledge of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. King Nebuchadnezzar is impressed and prostrates himself before Daniel, offering incense up to him. He makes Daniel ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the magi of Babylon. Daniel requests that his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be appointed rulers over the affairs of Babylon, while Daniel remains at the king's court. The peaceful prosperity of these Hebrews is short-lived. Nebuchadnezzar makes an image of gold sixty cubits high and six cubits wide. A royal command is given. All are to bow and worship the image of gold when they hear the musical instruments playing. Whoever does not obey is to be cast into the fiery furnace. Certain Chaldeans accuse three Hebrews, who have been appointed over the provinces of Babylon, of failing to obey the king's orders and worship the golden image. The king is furious and threatens to cast Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace if they do not worship the golden image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Nebuchadnezzar is furious and orders that the furnace be heated seven times hotter. He orders his mighty men to bind up the three young men and cast them into the fire. The men do so, but because of the urgency and the intense heat, the king's men are killed in the process. In verse 24, the king is amazed as he looks into the fire and sees not only three Hebrew men, but a fourth man. And the appearance of the fourth man is like a son of the gods. In verse 25, the king then calls Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the furnace, and he sees that not even the hair of their heads was singed. There was no smell of fire upon them. Their clothes were also unharmed. Nebuchadnezzar gives praise to the God of the Hebrews for sending an angel to deliver his servants who put their trust in him. The king then resolves that the name of their God be honored. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses reduced to a rubbish heap, inasmuch as there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. Then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. What about you? Do you worship the one true God who has made himself known as being faithful? and able to deliver you from subservience to the gods of this world? Do you have confidence in the even-if circumstance that there is not immediate temporal deliverance from the fiery trials of this life, that God will keep you according to His covenant promise for His eternal kingdom? Do you have confidence that His purpose will not be thwarted? We can thank God that because of the fourth man, 
the perfect mediator, the God-man, Jesus Christ, we who were certain to perish can know his deliverance. Blessed be the Lord God who has provided on our behalf Jesus, Yeshua, whose name means God to the rescue. The Lord is salvation. He is the fourth man in the fire, and he will never leave us or forsake us. He goes with us even to the end of the age. Now let's move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour to the New Testament book, 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning with verse 7, and we will finish the book reading through to chapter 5, verse 14. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Suffering as a Christian Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good. Chapter 5 Shepherd the Flock of God so I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. 
and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Final Greetings By Silvanus, a faithful brother as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is at Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. And this concludes today's portion from the New Testament, and it also is the conclusion of Peter's first epistle. Now let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. Peter and the apostles believed that Christ could return at any time. The redemptive work was accomplished in his first coming. Now his people were to stay active in the Spirit's control until he comes a second time. Peter tells his readers and us what we should be doing. Give ourselves to prayer, in verse 7. Keep on loving and forgiving, in verse 8. Show hospitality, in verse 9. And use your gifts to the max. If you have a speaking gift, speak as an oracle of God. If you have a serving gift, serve with the energy that God supplies. To do so brings greater glory to God, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7-11. through 11. Paul reminded the Thessalonians that they were destined to suffer for Christ in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. Though they are appointed to face difficult circumstances as they bear Christ's testimony in this fallen world, they should rejoice in the sure knowledge of God's promised reward. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of His glory you may rejoice with exultation. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 We are promised that the Spirit of glory will rest upon us if we dignify the trial when we are insulted for the name of Christ. We should bear up when people speak evil of us. We must be sure that our attackers don't have a legitimate case because we have been behaving in an ungodly manner. Judgment upon the house of God is intended for cleansing and purging, not punishment. The suffering will make them stronger. Peter recognizes that it is far better to be disciplined by a loving father than an angry judge. He warns them of the judgment to come on unbelievers. And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful Creator in doing what is right. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. 1 Peter chapter 5 contains a word to the elders, calling them to protect, love, and care for the flock, and to do so with the right motives, in verses 1 through 5. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Peter reminds us that we are in a spiritual battle, and must submit to God and resist the enemy of our souls. This kind of suffering in the will of God reminds us that we are part of a universal body that is bearing the reproach of Christ in the world. 
And now let's move on to the book of Psalms, where we continue to read from Psalm 119, beginning with verse 81, and we will read through to verse 96. The next eight verses all begin with the Hebrew letter Kaf. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love give me life, that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. The next eight verses begin with the Hebrew letter Lamed. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. In the eight verses beginning with the letter Kaf, we have a picture of the human struggle. First he describes the internal struggles. My soul languishes in verse 81. My eyes fail in verse 82. I have become like a wineskin in the smoke in verse 83. Then the external struggles. They persecute me in verse 84. They dig pits for me in verse 85. They have persecuted me with a lie in verse 86. They almost destroyed me in verse 87. Who were his persecutors? Men who are not in accord with your law in verse 85. What was his response? What is to be our response in these times of trouble? I wait for your word in verse 81. I long for your word in verse 82. I do not forget your statutes in verse 83. You will execute judgment in verse 84. But as for me, I did not forsake your precepts in verse 87. He concludes with this prayer, Revive me according to your loving kindness, so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. The next section, containing eight verses beginning with the Hebrew letter Lamed, we learn of the immutability and eternality of God. In verse 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. We can securely stand on God's word. His truth abides. His character steadily endures. His faithfulness extends throughout all generations. His sovereignty is emphasized. For all things are your servants. In Psalm 119, verse 91b. Verse 93 answers the prayer of verse 88. By them, that is your precepts, you have revived me. Let us share the psalmist's holy resolve expressed in verse 95. I shall diligently consider your testimonies. Amen. Now let's move on to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 28, 
verses 15 and 16. Like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people. A ruler who lacks understanding is a cruel oppressor, but he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. Have you noticed the overlap in our readings today? In the Old Testament book of Daniel, we read about the Hebrew young men who were cast into the fiery furnace for their faithfulness to the one true God. In the New Testament, the first epistle of Peter, we are told not to be surprised at the fiery trials that come upon us, especially as we identify with the one true God in this world. We are told to be watchful for our adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Therefore, we are to resist him by standing firm in identification with Christ. Now, here in Proverbs, we read of those in this world who behave as roaring lions, oppressing people, devouring and exploiting people, thus prospering unjustly. But the writer of Hebrews reminds us that these wicked ones lack an understanding that they will stand condemned in the day of judgment, and their prosperity is short-lived. Now let's go before the Lord in prayer, in the light of His Word. God of glory, we praise You for the promise that the Spirit of glory will rest upon those who bear the testimony of Christ in their appointed sufferings. We know that You, the God whom we serve, are able to deliver us, and that You are with us in the furnace of our afflictions. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ that equips us to be victorious in the fight against temptation and the devil. Thank you, God of all grace, for every provision you give to perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish us. In Jesus' name, Amen. This concludes our 330th excursion in our Bible reading tour. And God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow to continue in the book of Daniel and start Peter's second epistle. Again, if you would like to receive a written copy of our commentary on each day's reading with illustrations and also with our praying for the nations, we are praying for the nation of Turkey today, you can subscribe by going to our website, newlife.org. And you are always welcome to share with us your testimonies, your prayer requests, any comments or questions that you may have by writing to us at podcast at newlife.org. God bless you and keep you in the fellowship of His Son, who is our peace. Shalom.